0: That's real, it, real life, right? But are so you're in Texas, right?
1: I am. I'm in Dallas. Is it... So fall does not exist here. We are still. I think it was a hundred degrees yesterday. It's actually eighty-eight right now. I'm like looking at my Alexa, which is like honestly a cold front. So I feel good.
0: Bad. I'm telling you what I got off the airport in Dallas. I don't know two months ago, and I was sweating, and it was like seven a.m the same no
1: oh yeah it's like hot air it's like hot wind which is like yeah. the worst feeling but it is
0: <laughs> oh you got the the texas weather anointing. I
1: love it. Is- oh yeah here we
0: are i'm so pumped about this conversation really for anyone listening again this is conversation so anna and i are just kind of a conversation i think that we need to have more conversations especially in the christian space but also out of the christian spaces in general so anna tell us a little about you maybe yeah just the the rundown of who is Anna Golden?
1: Man, great question. <laughs> I I would say I'm a singer songwriter, a worship leader. I've worked in full time ministry for about ten years. I grew up in St. Louis, uh, Missouri, so Midwest gal, but also part okay, not a gal. But where's where oh, no, did I you miss- grow up? <laughs> yeah. I grew up
0: <laughs> in uh, Iowa, but I also, okay, I was in Nebraska for five years, so. Okay. I love it. I am convinced that people from the Midwest have the best personality because they
1: don't care about anything. (laughs) You could be like the hottest person ever. You could have something so interesting about like what you do for work. It's like, no. So people are just like, you have to build a big sense of humor. Anyway. Yeah. So I also part time grew up in Los Angeles. So like the dichotomy of all of it is so fun. But yeah, I, kinda, I grew up in the entertainment industry when I was young in the mainstream industry because my whole family was like super musical and always loved church. Both my parents were super strong in their faith and were both worship leaders. So that was kind of ingrained for me very young. And now I've been fortunate enough to, to kind of do this as my life. When I was 15, I switched out of the mainstream industry because it was just really tough and really tough on my mental health. And I always felt like church was my safest place and the presence of God and worship. And I never thought that I would kind of be doing what I'm doing now on this scale necessarily. Basically, I mean, when I was 15, when it was like 12 years ago now, their worship wasn't like an industry as we see it is today. So it wasn't like, oh, now I'm going to pursue a career in worship. It was like, no, I'm just going to work in my church <laughs> and kind of have this be my life. And the Lord truly has just made some really incredible opportunities in my life and really like everything that i see now being signed to my label and and doing some things that i feel really fortunate to do has truly been the lord and like so yeah that's honestly a little bit of a nutshell of all the things i like to songwrite, produce like release music all the fun things so
0: i love that so much it's so much fun and even that just the story of like you would have never thought right and it's just so cool where where God takes you even you don't necessarily you're like, I like music, I like to sing, I don't know what I'm, and then obviously now it's twenty twenty three get an album, yeah. out, like what was it last month? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well we'll talk about that in a little bit. But even dissecting that a little bit, like with you and just your journey in the church, like I'm assuming like so you said you grew up in the church, right?
1: Yeah. So since I was a baby, I was like I also loved it so much. I was the kind of kid that like you would ground. By taking church away. Like if that was I was also homeschooled since we were in the entertainment industry super young. My me and my three siblings couldn't really do like the the in and out schooling scene. So I was homeschooled my whole life. Never been in the classroom, which is fun. And yeah, like church was really like my outlet for everything. It was like my social community. It was really where I learned about the Lord. And so been in church my whole life and then worked in church since I was sixteen.
0: That's so cool. Well, even that, like talking a lot of our audience is young church leaders, just so you know, yeah, it's probably that like 20 to 25, like just getting out of college, and they're they want that they big ambitions. Like, I want to be the next Anna Golden or I want to be yeah. a, a pastor. What what would you say to them? Even because I, I love it, I always love a story when somebody grew up in the church, by the way, because yeah, that doesn't make a good testimony video on Easter, you know
1: oh yeah no i you know what is so funny about that i remember being in like the youth group and there was this guy who would come speak in our youth group all the time and he was one of the staff pastors and he had this like crazy testimony right like he was like i hated god and i was an atheist and i was strung out on drugs and he had all this huge crazy testimony and he would talk about it all the time and one time he came and spoke and i just remember being like what is my platform going to be? Like, I was just like a little girl who was like always in church. And he came up and he spoke one time and he was like, man, one of the most beautiful testimonies is someone who's been faithfully walking with the Lord their whole life. And I like, it really transformed because I thought I needed this like season. And that doesn't mean that I've not done things that are wrong, are you kidding? Like put me up with the best of them. But I'm just like, oh man, that that is a testimony in and of itself. Like being able to remain like faithful in the house of God And something that I've really noticed too, especially like in our generation now, is being planted is not normal and staying is so much harder than leaving. And so even like when I get to meet people who've been in ministry for a long time or have stayed planted at a church for 10 plus years and have worked through tough things, I'm like, man, you truly are an image of resilience and like embodied the faithfulness of what it's like. God is such a keeper. And he's so consistent that he can sustain you through seasons like that. And I and I think for anyone who's young, like a church leader going into ministry, my if I could give advice, my greatest advice would be, man, like keep your heart clear, like forgive people fast. You're going to be able to see behind the curtain of so much you're going to see in the kitchen. I think sometimes, too, like for those a lot of us who like come into the faith and we're like, man, my life's been transformed through this beautiful institution of the church. It's like I want to dive in to full time ministry, and then it's like some—it's like a kid coming off the street, and be like, I want to get back there in the kitchen. It's like there's fire in the kitchen, knives are flying in the kitchen. But life is real back there, and and really just and remaining to keep the the main thing, the main thing. We are in an era too of like social media is big, and popularity is big, and clicks are big, and and preaching clips are big on your page, and building your own ministry is big, but man to really really dive into acts and book of revelation and see like why did the lord love the church so much why is this what the entire mission of scripture is back to come get a pure bride what do you love about the church and how do i honor that and how do i keep in line with that and it it has to do with just being the hands and feet of jesus focusing on testimonies that will really always sustain you and and really being able to be so touchable and remain like Like I said, like keeping the main thing, the main thing, like it is truly, there's no greater honor than to be able to serve in the house of the Lord and to be able to speak on his behalf and and to not let it become routine. I mean, we we talk about this every week at my church with our team of we get the privilege of every single Sunday, we get to do three services and sometimes you can lock in and it's going to feel like the same thing every week, but it's like, no, to always remember something so beautiful when pastors always tell us to remember our one and your one is like man that person that you fought for your whole life like man if this person came into the knowledge of Jesus this would change my life like I would never ask for another thing if it's a family member if it's a friend and to remind yourself that man somebody's one is walking through the doors of this church every service so it's just to keep the perspective of man like, this is such an honor and a privilege and it's so easy like offense comes Things come that break your heart. I talk about this a lot on my on my record that I just released of, man, there's some things that come and it's, it's real. Like ministry pain is real. Church hurt is real. Misuse of leadership is so real that all happens. But it's realizing the difference between Jesus and the difference between humanity trying to be their best to be like Jesus and drawing that distinction of, I always say like if we're all rock climbing and we're all connected to a leader and we're on one line, If their line gets clipped, we all get clipped. So it's like making sure you're connected to Jesus, not to someone else's revelation, not to some other leader. And truly like, and being a leader and learning how to steward that in the house of God is not connecting people to yourself, not leading people to your knowledge, not leading people to your revelation, but always pushing them back to Jesus. Because I get the end of the day, I pastor said this on Sunday, it's like, that's a little weight that I want to carry. I don't want to carry the fact that, like, that you're hanging on me. You know what I mean? I think that that's right. a lot of falling away we see from the church now is of um, people just getting connected to leaders and not necessarily connecting directly to the Lord. So yeah, lots of, lots of things in there, that's
0: but so good. There's so much wisdom in that. And, and I, and I'm, I'm thankful for you sharing that And what, what I'm hearing you say to a young leader is serve faithfully, steward what's in your hands, follow yeah. Jesus and like we we have we have one saver we don't need multiple you know <laughs> like, like
1: totally we, we
0: yeah we I feel like there's and that's the insecure leader right we we all know that but for you and e- yeah
1: we've all been there are you kidding me today,
0: but... yeah for you it's I really love, real I always love asking this question because every single conversation we've had is just so unique and so different but what does like a a weekly routine look like for Anna like you are obviously a full-time singer so it's like it's not you're like yeah yeah yeah. i clock in at nine and i sit and ask, and i make cold calls all day so like what what does that look like but then also like how do you what are the spiritual disciplines that you would recommend for a worship leader because we do have people like we've had artists before and how do we how do we draw the line from just being a creative worship leader and you're outpouring and obviously like being in the secret place being by yourself with Jesus, yeah. refreshing. Like, what does that look like for you?
1: Yeah, I would say that everything that I do, it's 100% spiritual and it's 100% discipline. And you don't have to sacrifice either to be both, if that makes sense. I My weeks can look so different because I do have the, I'm fortunate have to be able to travel and lead worship at other churches and be able to speak in other houses, which is so beautiful. But when I'm here in Dallas, Looks like Sunday morning church. After every service, we pray with people. We, we stay till everybody's gone. They, the first one's there. And then Sunday afternoons look like long naps. I'm trying to get to the place where I don't take crazy long naps on Sunday. But at this point in my life, it's looking like that. And then Mondays mornings, we do something with our staff every week. We start the week off by um, 30 minutes of prayer and intercession with the entire staff. And then we go into a time where all of our campuses, whether on Zoom or in person, all of our staff team and interns, we get together, we share stories over the weekend. I think it's easy, like I was saying, when you do have the routine of ministry, to think that you're kind of just a part of a cog in the machine, but to take that moment every week with all of our campuses and get individual stories of, man, hey, this is this person, like for instance, a couple of weeks ago, I was after service, we were prayer partners and we stand in the front. And so people can come get prayer. And this girl came up to me and she's like, Hey, do you remember me? And I was like, yes, please remind me of your name. And she told me, she was like a year ago, you prayed with me because my mom got diagnosed with breast cancer. And I wanted to come back and tell you that she's been healed and that there's no cancer left in her body. And we just kind of stood there for a minute and praise report. We're jumping up and down like that's beautiful. We're crying. And I'm like, That would be a story that I would share on Monday for everyone who maybe like, maybe yesterday was grueling. Maybe we had technical difficulties. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like reality of what it looks like to to, do service on Sunday. But it's that heart check. It's that refocus of, oh, we did that for her. Like we put this on for people to be able to experience the fullness of Jesus. So we share stories and then we do a leadership talk from someone on our leadership team just to kind of encourage everybody we say it to our volunteers we love on our volunteers like mondays it's kind of like that when i'm in town i try to be up in the office as much as i can with our church and then wednesday we have rehearsals i have things like this like interviews and stuff during the day and sometimes it'll look like me doing conferences and such on the weekend but i always try to come back for sunday i think like the spiritual discipline of this is always creating time and my day to be still the balance of word and prayer That's something that I've had to learn over the last few years. I think as worshipers, we're so inclined to sit in the presence of God, which is so beautiful. But I think that there is such a practice to be said about getting in the word of God every day to be rooted and grounded in truth. So that is definitely a practice that I put in play every day. And Mm -hmm. at the practical side of what I do with my craft, there's not a day that goes by where I'm not singing, where I'm not opening my voice to make sure that we're keeping vocal health strong, where I don't sit down at the piano. And also I try to songwrite every single day because that's also a muscle that I want to keep sharp. So I think something beautiful, there's a worship leader named Jeremy Riddle, and he has this quote that says, you never want the ceiling of your ability to prohibit what the Holy Spirit wants to do in in a room. And I think that all the time of those moments where I'm like, "Oh, I wanted to do this. I wanted to go there in this song. I wanted to do that. And I didn't know the chords or I didn't know how to go transpose to that like you know what i mean so there's there's such reality in the excellence of what we do and and making sure that we are working on our craft if you're a speaker making sure that you're man even though even if you're out of season and you're not speaking on sunday working on getting revelation crafting together sermons because it's truly like david in the field you don't know when that moment's going to come and to be able to keep working on that um, and it doesn't take away from the spiritual side of it there's both it's both and, and you know what i mean so i'm um, just trying to be a good steward of that as well too like there's never like a moment where it's like we've graduated and there's a ceiling there's truly you can always get better at what you do and, and get more uh been in it
0: i feel like you're you're uh giving so much good advice recommendations i love it so
1: much oh i'm so crazy.
0: i'm always thinking about the the 19 year old who has Ambitions and and they totally. have a massive heart for God and they're going, man. I, I want I want to change the world, but I don't necessarily know how. And yeah. something you said. And then we'll. I, I would love to learn about your album and kind of the, the the journey with that. But this is the last thing on this. Like what what would you recommend to somebody? Because you said something earlier about preaching clips or worship clips or making the best yeah. clips online. Like what would you recommend or even submit to somebody listening to this of saying. And these are some parameters that you probably should set just to make sure like your ego is in check because we all know. Totally. We all have those moments because we all we all want to feel valued and we all want to have that, that, that rush. But again, probably not. Of course. In in moments to make sure we're setting up for long term success.
1: No, that's it's such a good question. And I just want like everyone listening to this. That's something you're going to have to deal with forever. I think. There's no graduating from it. There's no graduating from pride or wanting accolades or wanting recognition that's so innately human. I think in Romans, when it in Romans twelve, when it says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that's a daily practice. And it's not like like, oh, that happens. and then, oh, here we are. So that's something that you're going to constantly have to fight. and that will look different in different seasons. I would say the biggest thing for young leaders, especially trying to grow their platform and um, make sure, You are submitted to a house. You are planted in the church. I think that to be an orphan evangelist is a scary place to be. All of Scripture talks about being planted in the house of God, and I know that we have been in an era of deconstruction of the local church from from some some scenarios that are rightfully so, and I understand where leadership or accountability has been misused. But I always say, fight for accountability in your life. It's not control. It's safety to be submitted under something when you're the judge jury and executioner of your life that's a really scary place to be and i've been there and it's to have someone who can speak into that i have so many people in my life that have that role and could be like hey this felt weird take that down or "Mm, this feels like you're trying to grow your platform and it's a constant hard check um there is a reality of i released a record and we put a lot of money into it. So we want to get it out there to people. And we also do want to make it back. So there is realistic dynamics to all of that. But it's a constant, it's a constant heart check of okay, where, where is my motive here? Is my motive to build me in my platform? Is my motive to get out a message that I feel like the Lord has put on my heart? Because literally at the end of the day, Christine Kane actually um, speaks a beautiful message on this. Oh, if I could remember the name right now. I want to say it's something, I know it's from the scripture, Remember Lot's Wife. So if that helps anybody find this sermon. But she talked talk yeah, yeah, yeah. So she talked about in the pandemic, and one of my friends actually works for her. She works for me as well, too, under A21, which is her anti-sex trafficking ministry. They do, they've done incredible things. But obviously during COVID, they have offices all over the world, I think in like 14 countries. And she's like, so she's like, I have all these young like millennials and Gen Z were all on a Zoom call and they're trying to come up marketing strategies. And she's like, I've known Jesus before the internet. And she's like, there's only one person that can really bring the message to the ends of the earth besides any marketing strategy that we can have. So, and I also think of that, like, it was actually beautiful. I was talking to Sadie Robertson about this on her podcast a couple of weeks ago. And she was like, I had to take a step back from social media for like nine months. And she's like, From the outward looking in they're like hey this is not the best marketing plan but there is that way you have to be sensitive to holy spirit and lean into what what season he's calling you into and i think that in the natural it looks like oh i could be going into a deficit because i'm not doing that marketing strategy but i'm like holy spirit can put you on any stage and and no man can take it away i used to when i was younger have to fight this opportunistic side of me and i remember being at conferences when i was like 18 leading worship and being before people who i thought were like giants in the faith right and i'm like oh this is it this is my big break and holy spirit quickened me like one year this was like maybe five or six years ago and was like why do you act like that when they're in the room when i'm in every room that you ever lead in and it was like that check of man if the Lord wants to get something out there, he's going to do it. Always be faithful. Always be. It's that faith without works. I heard this the other day. And then I'll be down on this point. I'm passionate about this. But the the idea of faith without works, how do we balance that? What does that look like? Because I do want to be faithful with the Lord's given me, but I don't want to be beating down every door. It looks like being faithful with the task at hand. Like If you're looking for a new job, it looks like filling out applications, going and in, doing interviews. The faith part comes in from, Lord, whichever opportunity you have that person choose me for. That's where my faith comes in. It's me doing the due diligence of creating a record. but now the faith part is I'm gonna release it and Lord however you would like that to go, it's how it's gonna go. And I think that to to be so dependent on Holy Spirit doesn't sound like a great marketing strategy, but it's just we're not we're we're in a different field. Do you know what I mean? Like right. there are some amazing things we can do, but at the end of the day, we sometimes see things that look like runaway trains, but it's Holy Spirit pulling that David from the field and being like, no, I've set someone apart um, because they've been submitted to what I've been saying. So I think that in every season, when you post, I mean, when it says pray about everything in the Bible, that's so true. Like when I look at something, I'm like, okay, is this pointing to me or is this pointing to Jesus? Lord, like give me such a sensitive spirit that in everything I'm asking you about it. So yeah. No,
0: that's so good. I feel like Everyone listening to this probably should already been resaved on this.
1: Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're just, no, I'm just going back, double, couple, dip with it. I love it.
0: Calling a podcast. Let's go. Uh, so I want I do want to talk about your album. I think it's incredible. Yes, yeah, uh, the live so album, much. Correct?
1: Yes, it yeah. is. It was my. It's my second live album, technically, yes. but. The first one was during COVID to so like a room of like two people uh, and my cat was there, so you know what I mean. I'm like, so this was like an actual live record, which was yeah. such a different experience. But
0: well, well, tell me about it. I, I'm I'm super intrigued by honestly the 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 genesis of it, like what initiated the concept of it. Obviously, it's yeah. it's an incredible title. if You want to share it? I
1: love that. <laughs> yeah. So just tell I me. mean. The record's called Church, and it's very self-explanatory. I got to record it here at my home church in Dallas. And basically the premise of this was working being in ministry my whole life, working in full-time ministry for 10 years. I mean, like I said, there's things that happen that can break your heart. There's things that can happen that you can start to get your vision a little cloudy. You can start to redirect your focus on certain things and And I really felt like in 2020, I transitioned off of a church staff and there was just some unhealthy practices that I had. And there was just some mindsets that I had that weren't healthy towards the church. And I just kind of like looked at the Lord and I was like, I know you love your church, but right now I don't. So I need you to help me with this. And it really took this journey of the Lord taking me through scripture of going to counseling and of being in a healthy environment of man, a refocus of I've made it about me. I've made I've made this about my pain, and I've taken I've taken the shift and the focus off of man. When I was a little kid, church saved my life. Like I was in youth group on the weekends instead of go driving in cars with friends who were driving drunk and going to parties. Do you know what I mean? Like the reality of what it looked like. It was imperfect people, but it was still people who were trying to be like Jesus, and really just softening my heart. And I think that when you're healed you start to look back at things differently and you start to really honor the house of God. And I, my pastor said something beautiful too when, during the creation of this record. It was He was talking about him and his wives and he was like, man, people who speak poorly of my wife, like I'm called to love them, but I don't, I don't desire a closeness with them. And he was like, but people who speak highly of her, who defend her in rooms where others try to tear her down, who know, her, who know how honorable she is and, and her character, it makes me want to step towards them. I wrap my arms around them, and he's like, "I think that so often we think that the Lord is disconnected from His church, when in Scripture it says that's His bride, and if that's the unity of marriage of man. Like, you ever want to make a guy mad? Like, talk trash about his wife. Do you know what I mean? And I, I think that there's like there's this perspective that we can have one without the other, but it's not. And I think that the Lord's running towards people who who do fight for His church and who who defend it. And are, we don't look at it with with like this unrealistic things of, yes, things happen. And I never want to invalidate that. But I do think that we as church leaders can start to be the change and start to love people back into wholeness and love people in the gaps of where we weren't loved. So this, this record was really just a heart posture of mine that got shifted towards the church. And I wanted to give resources to the worship leader like I wanted songs that I would want to lead at my church that were rooted in scripture that weren't too complicated that I mean the average church in America is 200 people and they maybe see 75 people on Sunday and they don't have an LED wall and they don't have like moving lights and they don't have a church staff and it's people who you ever want like a perspective shift like it's people who work full-time jobs and get up early on a Sunday morning and want to pour it out. And um, I think that sometimes I can be so privileged to be like, oh, this is hard or I'm worn out. It's like, no, like people really sow their time and, and give their give their life towards the church. And and I just wanted to give give back in that way. And this record was really just love letters towards the church. And, and I, I pray that it's been able to be a resource
0: for, for their local house. I know it is. I, I know it. No, I, sure. And I know it by, based on our 25 minute conversation. Uh, one, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Two, oh my gosh thank thanks, you Brad. so much for uh one just your your faithfulness and stewardship and I know I've been through we I feel like every church leader in the past five years has been through church hurt. so to move on and be the solution and be a uh, agent of change I just want to thank you so much for that and I, I'm excited one I love the album Two, oh, uh, thank you so much listen to this go to Spotify and just listen to it a thousand times a day.
1: <laughs> just keep it on repeat let's do it i love it
0: oh man TV all day it'll be lovely but thank you so much for being on seriously it's been so much fun i appreciate you a ton
1: thank you thank you honor thank you josh